Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's the securities rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every year's Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Delighted you could be with us. If this is indeed your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you, and by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Our topics to jure, as you may have heard, well, their own emails prove that the 51 former intelligence officers and officials who wrongly wrote that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda? These bozos deliberately conjured that analysis just to give Joe Biden the quote-unquote talking point to push back on Trump during their final debate. WTF. Also, the left are apoplectic that Justice Thomas didn't reveal that his nephew's early education was charitably sponsored by a wealthy friend. But then they're happy to ignore that Justice Sotomayor did not recuse herself from cases involving Penguin Publication despite receiving $3.1 million from them. What is going on? Also, former NIAID head Dr. Anthony Fauci, as well as American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten, are denying blame for the COVID protocols and lockdowns for which they verifiably advocated during the pandemic. Are they out of their minds? I mean... How often do these people think they can point to a water fountain and call it a rusty pipe or point to a rusty pipe and call it a water fountain, depending upon whether or not they're on offense or defense? It, it, it's not viable. But I'll tell you, our cousins across the ocean have had a chance to uh, examine this themselves. And I'm talking about our friends over in Australia, over there at Australia Sky News. We've got Rita Panahi noticing that this phenomenon is not just restricted to the United States, but goes over on her side as well. And after pointing out what uh, is happening around her, she then does have a chance to circle back to us and look at her own hypocrites, and she does a beautiful job. Let's go to clip two, James, if you please. 
Now, we've seen politicians and health bureaucrats trying desperately to rewrite history, trying to convince people that they never advocated for crippling illiberal lockdowns, vaccine mandates, school closures. No, it's not their fault. They just made recommendations. I didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to actually follow them or enforce them. Along with Australia and New Zealand, Canada was right up there for COVID madness. But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau now claims that's just disinformation. He says he never insisted that everyone, young and old, healthy and infirm, get vaccinated against COVID. Individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. (laughs) So she nails uh, Justin Trudeau. I got to love it. She says the people who demanded harsh COVID measures are now reversing their positions. As an example, she gives clips are played of Canadian Prime Minister uh, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, saying there are legitimate reasons for not getting a COVID vaccine, followed by him demanding that everyone get one and also talking about how they're going to enforce it. Remember the truckers? Oh, please. These guys, they are sociopathic. They are sociopathic. You know what it is? It's a numbers game. They want to put out in the headline version what they want people to believe and then count on the retraction uh, being less punishing to them because retractions are always seen by fewer people than see the original lie. That's got to be the game. We have to never forget what they're doing. These people are sociopaths. Spit on them at will. But please be mindful of the fact that there's some legal risk in doing so. But, uh, boy, I'll understand if you do it. (laughs) Very understandable. Not advocating it, but I'd get a giggle out of it if I watched it. These people are pathetic. They harmed millions of folks. They harmed so many people. Falsely telling us that natural immunity was not as strong as vaccinated immunity and the science is in saying just the opposite. The New England Journal of Medicine made that abundantly clear. Telling us that first masks would be the be-all and end-all, efficacy galore. Now we know that, of course, according to the Cochrane study, the gold standard for uh, scientific study uh, analyses, that, in fact, masks made very little difference. But still, you had so many people on our side of the water saying just that, that, oh, you've got to go with vaccinated immunity because natural immunity isn't really worthwhile. Oh, wear masks because that's what true efficacy is. That's how you can preempt its transmission. No. Get the vaccine, you'll stop transmission. No. Clip three, Sim show from Australia Sky News with Rita Panahi. Uh, clip three, James, if you please. This week we saw Anthony Fauci, the man responsible for so much of the dysfunction surrounding our COVID response. Well, Fauci now claims the heavy-handed response was not his doing. Speaking to the New York Times, he tried to absolve himself of all responsibility. Show me a school that I shut down, he said. Show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. These people, my goodness, we can never forget what they inflicted on us. And there must be a reckoning for all the politicians and public health officials for the insane overreach, the inhumane policies inflicted on free people in the name of safety. They cannot be allowed to dodge responsibility. Precisely. They cannot be allowed to dodge responsibility. 
I mean, Fauci telling us, I just gave a public health recommendation that echoed the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommendation. And people made a decision based on that. But I never criticized the people who had to make the decisions one way or the other. Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, she was just as imbecilic and brain dead. Right now she's saying, well, we wanted to be in school. We wanted to be in school. I've, I've said that over and over again today. Oh, my God. But history shows that both Fauci and Weingarten vehemently propagated these restrictive COVID protocols over and over and over again. Lockdowns, restrictions, call them what you will. As Fox News is reporting, at the start of the pandemic, Fauci, then director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institutes of Health, expressed outright support for a federal lockdown to contain the virus. Whatever it takes, he told CNN. Said that on March 15, 2020. Just one week earlier, Fauci said there was, quote, no reason to be walking around with a mask and that wearing one could even make people sicker because it causes them to touch the face more frequently. He and the CDC, of course, reversed course within weeks and started pushing universal mask mandates for everyone age two and above, and they did so for like the next two years. And, of course, I mentioned the Cochrane study. It was a study released in January. They, of course, found that widespread masking uh, had little to no effect on the transmission of COVID. Fox News goes on to report, and myriad questions still remain about the negative impact that prolonged masking has had on children's speech and social development. Still, Fauci was featured in a PBS documentary this March saying he regretted not supporting mask mandates and quarantine sooner. <laughs> I mean, this guy is turning flip-floppery into a somersault. <laughs> hey, please. This goes on and on and on and on and on. And, of course, masks weren't uh, the only thing they were talking about. As Fox News reports, masks weren't the only reversal by the country's public health experts. In March 2020, Fauci's NIH published a study saying COVID-19 is, quote, stable for several hours to days in aerosols and on surfaces. Wash hands, avoid close contact, use a face covering, clean inanimate objects. This is what he said in August of 2020, Fauci. Now, the CDC later determined the risk of surface transmission of COVID-19 was quote, low, and Fauci admitted that wiping down groceries was unnecessary. The thing is, is a lot of these things he told us years and years ago, the direct antithesis of what he was found to be preaching only about a year and a half ago. Like he was even asked, hey, if I caught it, hey, the lady's got a flu. She's gotten over it. Does she need a vaccine? No. Catching the flu is in actuality the strongest vaccine you could get. Oh, but for some reason, those lessons that he was aware of in 2004 dropped out of the universe in 2020 and 21. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey-Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. 
Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Durbin's comments. He goes, uh, somehow, if you bring up something about Clarence Thomas, you're prejudiced against it. I'm not. My, his, my experience, when everyone, some, someone tells you what they're not, 
That's normally they probably what they are. are. They probably, it's, it's interesting because I would love to see and get Democrats on the record talking about Sonia Sotomayor mm -hmm. and Penguin Random House. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when Justice Breyer recused himself because he received similar payments for a book, she did not. In fact, she actually decided on cases involving the entity that paid her $6 million. Scott? Well, how come whenever we talk about Clarence Thomas, Republicans want to talk about Sotomayor or Breyer or other people? Yeah, because Clarence Thomas is as bad as Sotomayor. Well, she didn't take millions of dollars from a GOP donor. But and she not decided on a case after receiving $6 million. Well, she may have, but that's a different circumstance. <laughs> of course it is. Show. Conveniently different circumstances. <laughs> right. oh, I, I the law is all... what the law is. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Here is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate once again. This is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Uh, just a tongue-in-cheek moment there. Had to play it. The hypocrisy is so self-evident. Uh, you're listening to an exchange on uh, Fox Nations on Bounce with Leland uh, Vitter. Uh, Leland notes how Senator Dick Durbin uh, out of Illinois uh, insisted in his criticisms of SCOTUS Justice Clarence Thomas that he is not biased against Thomas. Um, of course, you have Sir Michael Singleton um, uh, saying that he'd like to see Democrats criticize SCOTUS Justice Sotomayor over her ties to a publishing company while ruling on a case involving them. Uh, Scott Bolden, the former chairman of the D.C. branch of the DNC, Democratic National Committee, says that what Sotomayor did was different as compared to Clarence Thomas's corruption. Yeah, it's far worse. I mean, Clarence Thomas had a nephew um, who, along with a group of other kids, uh, were able to have their their uh, the cost of their education paid for by a charitable wealthy friend, uh, whereas with Soda Sotomayor, uh, Sonia Sotomayor, she was actually weighing in on cases that were of direct interest to Penguin Publishing, who had already paid her three point one million dollars. So we have Clarence Thomas apparently not sharing with the universe that he once had a wealthy friend. Uh, subsidize his nephew's education, but he was not weighing in judicially on any case involving that wealthy friend. He just had a wealthy friend who paid for his nephew's education for a little while. Sonia Sotomayor was actually helping to adjudicate cases at the Supreme Court relevant to a party who had given her $3.1 million because of her book. I'm sorry. But it strikes me as a matter of language, unless language is no longer tethered to the meanings of the words that comprise it. Scott Bolden has a very weak argument in this regard. Oh, it was different. You're damn straight it was different. It was worse. But anyway, I want to get to some other topics. Uh, uh, as promised, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Oh, for the show, Chris Chmielinski. Uh He is vice president at uh, Numbers USA. Uh, he's here to chat with us about Title 42 expiring and how the Republicans are bringing up border legislation to the House floor. But there's some other developments happening alongside as well. Chris, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today? You're back on. Good to have you. Good to have you. You know, recently uh, Fox News reported that in preparation for the end of Title 42, the Biden administration has developed a new asylum rule that will bar migrants from being eligible to claim asylum if they have crossed into the U.S. illegally, have not scheduled an appointment via the CBP, Custom Border Patrol, and have not claimed asylum in a country through which they previously passed. That's the end of the excerpt. I, I, please, i got to read that again, just because it, it caught my breath, as I'm sure it does everybody's once they catch on to what I just stated. Again, this is report from Fox News. This is relevant to Title 42 ending. In preparation for the end of Title 42, the Biden administration has developed a new asylum rule 
that will bar migrants from being eligible to claim asylum if they have crossed into the U.S. illegally, also if they have not scheduled an appointment via the CPB, and if they've not claimed asylum in a country through which they previously passed. End of expert. Now, think about it, my friend. These new Biden policies are the same measures that worked under Trump, and that's sort of exposing Biden's thus far deliberate efforts to flood the U.S. with illegal crossovers when you think about it. I mean, he's just finally realizing that more voters are opposing his border policies than have been supporting them from the left, so I think he's just willing to take the wrath from those on his left because they've got nowhere else to go uh, and hopefully not completely alienate everybody else. But it just seems as if he's advertising that he has known all along that his approach was wrong, which means by default he's been deliberately letting these people in. And I think this latest update to his policy advertises that fact unmistakably. Or am I seeing too much into this, Chris? Well, no, you're not. I mean, they're definitely trying to uh, minimize the number of illegal border crossings because that's what gets the most attention from from the mainstream news media and and across social media and, and catches the most traction. So they, they do realize that, yeah, the American people don't like those policies. The problem with the Biden policies is that there's a couple things. First, there's a number of exceptions to, to, to that rule. So um, there's a number of ways to get around it still. And the other thing, too, is, you know, one of the very first things that you mentioned, if you schedule an appointment through the CBP-1 app, um, they're also setting up regional asylum centers across Central America. So they're, they're creating other ways for people who would otherwise be unauthorized to enter the United States and would be illegal aliens. They're creating other ways for them to get into the country. All they're trying to do is really take the drug cartels out of the process. Uh, so, so they stop processing from it, and 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 the human smuggling stories that you hear and things like that connected with with the drug cartels. So they're really just trying to bypass the cartels, but not really reduce the number of illegal aliens or unauthorized people trying to enter into the country. Whenever confronted about this problem, Biden's uh, people says, "Well, you know, he uh, from day one he asked Congress to come up with legislation that could help solve the the immigration crisis." But that's a general uh, response to an otherwise specific argument he can't satisfy right. because let's admit something here or let's acknowledge something here. The enforcement of existing laws have never been contingent upon the passage of new ones. And I point that out because existing laws are more than enough for him to have the tools necessary to stop the hemorrhaging. What am I, what am I missing? Yeah, no, no. You know, they, they continue to say their hands are tied. Their hands aren't tied. <laughs> Federal law is pretty clear. In fact, it says that the administration shall detain everybody who crosses the border illegally, particularly even if they, they try to acclaim asylum after crossing the border illegally, and they're not doing it. They're just catching them and releasing here into the United States after they process them, and many times they're giving a work permit in hand so they can legally work here in, in the U.S. So the laws are on the books for them to enforce, but you know their solution to everything uh, whether it be a border crisis or some other sort of crisis that deals with immigration, is comprehensive immigration reform, which is nothing more than than just code word for granting amnesty to, to 11 to 20 million illegal aliens who happen to live in the country right now. And all that's going to do, once you grant amnesty, is encourage even more people to come here illegally waiting for the next amnesty. So, you know, they, I mean, they don't have a while, it just becomes, it becomes so transparent, does it not? I mean, you know... Yeah. I, 
Uh, not long ago, um, I think it was earlier this year, uh, Fox had written on this issue, um, you know, which, uh, you know, Biden was going to try to make an excuse for what he was doing on the border. For instance, they wrote, Biden, however, has said that those moves are not sufficient by themselves to solve the crisis, which he said can only be solved by Congress passing a broad immigration reform bill that was unveiled his first day in office. But uh, again, Chapter 8, I should say Title 8, gives him all the powers. It actually says whenever a president finds the entry of any aliens or any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental, that he may by proclamation define them as such. More on this upon a return. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day. And on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? Probably? <laughs> 
It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Very quickly, um, their own emails prove that the 51 former Intel officials who wrongly wrote that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda had actually deliberately conjured that analysis so as to give Joe Biden the quote-unquote talking point to push back on Trump during their final debate, you, you have to wonder what is going on here. Have these folks really become that calamitously clumsy um, in, in their conjurings? Uh, or do they just think they're, they're immune to accountability? Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing over of the show, Robert Romano, Vice President of Public Policy at Americans for Limited Government. Uh, Robert, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today? I'm doing great, Alan. Um, but this is really bad news, I think, for the American people that uh, we're sinking to this level of lying um, about our political opponents on a national stage using, using the veneer of intelligence uh, to justify, uh, you know, in 2016, it was Trump's a Russian agent and, the, you know, the whole thing, the whole business with the, serv- the DNC server and WikiLeaks, like, oh, yeah, that was clearly the Trump campaign working with Russia. Um, and that was made up, and it wasn't real intelligence. And now we have, a, just yet again, the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, yeah, that's fake. That must be Russian d- disinformation as well. Trump's working with Russia again. Like, they used the same exact lie, and it worked twice. I know, but I think after a while, you know, the, the boy who cried wolf syndrome comes into play, and people stop showing up uh, because they do eventually catch on. Uh, unfortunately, the learning curve uh, can allow for elections to be disturbed, but... I do believe the learning curve eventually is realized, or maybe I'm being overly sanguine about this. Now, just to recap, um, we, we learned that uh, former CIA bosses, Michael Morell and John Brennan, these guys planned the false open letter claiming 
that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian misinformation. And again, they did so for the sole purpose of giving Biden fictional grounds on which to dismiss the bombshell during his final debate with Trump. Of course, 49 other intel officials would, or former intel officials would knowingly sign on to that falsehood. Now, Morell, before Congress, even admitted that Biden's campaign subsequently helped in organizing the letter and spreading it to the media. And while, you know, they were all technically former intel officials, Robert, you know, they were still using their their still official government security clearances to further validate the credibility of their of their canard. Isn't that accurate to say? Yeah, it doesn't seem like this was based on real intelligence at all. Um, and and, and the, the origin for it, like in 2016, was from the political campaigns. Um, it's just another dirty trick um, you know, to counteract what was otherwise, as you know, was going to be a bombshell, um, you know, a revelation about corruption um, of the Biden, what, what do we call them now, the Biden crime family. No, exactly. But here's the thing. I'm wondering if it's just going to be able to be categorized as a political dirty trick, but rather as a criminal act, because, again, they were using their still existing government-provided security clearances as a way to further validate their their contention, even though they were knowingly communicating a falsehood. I mean, we can't forget that, again, this former CIA director, Morell, testified to the House Judiciary Committee, uh, you know, headed by Congressman Jim Jordan of, of, of Ohio, Convincing that, con, uh, confessing that it was all, quote-unquote, triggered by Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who at the time was Biden's uh, campaign advisor. Now, that admission shows that the Biden campaign was able to commandeer 51 operators with still current security clearances to manufacture the very falsehood which that same campaign would use during the presidential debate. I mean, that's not just a lie. That's a lie doing a pole dance. Where am I exaggerating? You're not exaggerating. Um, I, I think this is one of the bigger scandals in recent memory um, for you know in, in American politics. Um, just the lengths that they're willing to go through um, in order to conceal uh, their own corruptions um, that seems to be incident of being in office for what forty years. Um, you know, eventually, you know, they're just going to be on the take or something like that. But the, but not, not neither here nor there. I mean, the laptop was real. There was never a reason to say that this was uh, Russian disinformation, except to say, oh, this hurts Biden, so we need to help him. Let's come up with something. Um, and that's, you know, we go to wars over with, let's just come up with something. Um, we're shaping our foreign policy based on, let's just come up with something so we win elections. Uh, and I think that that's atrocious. Um, the American people should be fed up with it. Um, but it's hard to know what to believe. And I think you d- we just have to start applying Karl Popper's falsification. Uh, if you can't falsify what the government's telling you because uh, they refuse to show you the evidence of what they're saying, well, then maybe we shouldn't believe them. It's like, oh, no, we, 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 when we're dealing with scientists, we demand that they prove their theories. Well, why don't we demand the same thing of our politicians and our intelligence agencies? Prove it. Well, I, I think for that to happen, we have to start demonstrating leverage like aggregate impatience to get them frightened. I think I think that's what happens. I mean, uh, John Solomon had, had broken the story, and he also reported on why these bozos think they can continue getting away with this slithering behavior. Uh, here's a couple of excerpts from John Solomon. Uh, former FBI agent and whistleblower Kyle Serafin said some intelligence leaders have become increasingly politically brazen 
because there's been no significant consequence for people who were found to have committed wrongdoing in earlier controversies like the discredited uh, Russia collusion narrative. Quote, I think it's arrogance, he said. And I think it's the arrogance that we've seen from the people who are in the upper reaches of uh, power of whether the FBI or any other part of the intelligence community. They don't see anyone falling on this stuff. You know, they're able to retire. They're able to walk away from it without any shame. They go to get high corporate paying jobs when it ends, unquote. Now, firstly, would you agree uh, on that? And secondly, is this the kind of phenomenon that could lead to us to citizen squads with targeted goals saying, you know what, screw it. I'm going to punish these folks myself, get tried, and then force the nation to have a public discussion over government officials never being held to the same standard as the rest of us and have our defense and the court based on the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. I mean, does that possibility grow as more of these inequities pile up against the American people? Robert Romano. I think that it is very dangerous, um, and it, the, the, these men operate with impunity. But I don't think that's a new story. Um, when, 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 when of lies like this, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, that gets you into wars, usually. Um, usually that's what it leads to. When have those ever been punished? When are those ever held to account? Um, never. I mean, people, people get paid to lie, and we're acting shocked that there's, uh, you know, gambling at the casino. Yeah, um, of, um, Casablanca, sure. But the, the bottom line is consequences have to be visited if we have aggregate government never being held accountable for violating the very laws that they require the rest of us to follow. When you have aggregate government disconnecting itself from the very laws it requires the rest of us to follow, my understanding is that's tyranny. And tyranny is the only time there's ever a justification for the American people to revolt against self-evident government rebellion against them by way of violating the very Constitution from which their powers are derived and to which they're all subordinate. Now, I don't want to sound bellicose here, but if aggregate government is giving itself a pass for all of these uh, acts of wrongdoing and doing so because they think they can get away with it under the trappings of officialdom, well, that does indeed equal tyranny, and, and that's when people start thinking, hey, uh, is this the time where we have to start pondering our Second Amendment option? Again, I don't want to sound too bellicose, but it appears as if these actors are almost knowingly pushing the American people into these thought patterns. Where am I mistaken? I think it's extremely provocative, um, and that's why people need to keep their heads cool, because we need to – the way you deal with this without losing the Constitution – um, is it's going to take a president, it's going to take another election, it might take two more elections, it might take three more elections. Um, but that is our process. But if the election on which we are, 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 are predicating our hopes for eventual correction are elections that are seemingly corrupted, um, at the margins anyway, then how much faith can people have in, on there ever being an eventual resolution to these problems? You, the same faith that we have in God, um, the same faith that we have, you know, for, for things like the Second Coming. I mean, they, they don't happen tomorrow, but you 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 keep faith in that in those institutions in the Constitution because there is no alternative for it. Um, no, 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 no. There do, is an alternative. There is an alternative, or that we're going to restore it by force of arms. We're probably sadly sadly mistaken. 
Um, it requires the consent of the governed. It required the consent of the governed to do the revolution in the first place. It required the consent of the governed because you had to, in Congress a Declaration of Independence with duly, you know, the, the, the states, the state legislature. And do we remember why that ever came into being? It was because eventually the people said they've, the aggregate government has crossed the line that we feel can never be corrected unless action is taken by all of us. Isn't that fair to remind everybody about, Robert Romano? Yes, but you need your representatives to take part in that. I'm not saying that's out of reach, because as these states are forming up more and more to buck the Biden administration's perfidy, I see such an eventual resolution as being less and less uh, of a distance. Just my take on it. Hey, don't want this to happen. Hope cooler has prevailed. But at one point or another, if they don't stop, they will cross that line. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. 
Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his his first first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries? I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Now we're seeing politicians and health bureaucrats trying desperately to rewrite history, trying to convince people that they never advocated for crippling illiberal lockdowns, vaccine mandates, school closures. No, it's not their fault. They just made recommendations. I didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to actually follow them or enforce them. Along with Australia and New Zealand, Canada was right up there for COVID madness. But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau now claims that's just disinformation. He says he never insisted that everyone, young and old, healthy and infirm, get vaccinated against COVID. Individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. God, you got to love it. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. We're listening to an insightful uh, presentation from Australia Sky News with Rita Panahi. Uh, she says that the people who demanded harsh COVID measures are now reversing their positions. As an example, uh, she shows clips played of Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau uh, first saying that there are, well, now saying that there are legitimate reasons for not getting a COVID vaccine followed by his earlier demanding that everyone get one. And if they didn't, he would talk about how he was going to enforce it. And, of course, um, Rita goes on to give uh, similar examples of how uh, we face such uh, similar hypocrisy here in the United States. And I'll get to that clip in just a bit. But first, let me go ahead and reintroduce an uh, old friend of the show, 
none other than Robert Romano. Uh, he joins us right now. We appreciate him sticking around. He, of course, Vice President of Public Policy and Americans for Limited Government. Robert, appreciate hanging out with us today. Thanks again. No problem. So here we are, uh, former NIAID head, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and also American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten. These, are, these guys are all denying blame for the uh, counterproductive, harsh COVID protocols and lockdowns, for which they uh, verifiably advocated during the pandemic. Um, I want to share this next clip with you, uh, also from uh, the same host, Rita Panahi, out of Australia Sky News, uh, pointing out the hypocrisy of our own people uh, after having uh, taken the mickey out of her own. Uh, clip three, James, if you please. This week we saw Anthony Fauci, the man responsible for so much of the dysfunction surrounding our COVID response. Well, Fauci now claims the heavy-handed response was not his doing. Speaking to the New York Times, he tried to absolve himself of all responsibility. Show me a school that I shut down, he said. Show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. These people, my goodness, we can never forget what they inflicted on us. And there must be a reckoning for all the politicians and public health officials for the insane overreach, the inhumane policies inflicted on free people in the name of safety. They cannot be allowed to dodge responsibility. Robert Romano, I, I do believe she's onto something here, and I also believe that so grotesque and salient were their um, advocations for harsh lockdowns that uh, these are things they can never convincingly walk back. I'm not saying they won't try. I just don't see the American people on this occasion falling for it, or am I being too Pollyanna-like, Robert Romano? I think you have to go back to what we were dealing with at the time, but also everyone should understand that governors, mayors, Local city councils, town councils, county councils are the ones who did the lockdowns um, at the local level. That's how it occurred um, in every single instance. Now, Trump put the planes on the ground, um, you know, did the, the, the air travel uh, overseas and otherwise. That was grounded for a while as well. Um, so that was also a national, um, uh, you know, uh, part, of the, part of the lockdown was, was shutting down the air travel. Um, but the, in terms of shutting down the schools, that was not a federal mandate. That was state mandates, and that was city mandates, and mostly it was city and county. Um, if you go state by but state... But isn't it fair yes, to say, Robert Romano, that all these things were predicated on the advice of people like Fauci and Weingarten? And Weingarten, uh, she had, does have a national position with the teachers' union, of course. And also, anybody who was ever trying to point out that natural immunity offered greater COVID protection than vaccinated immunity were censored. Also, people who were pointing out that there wasn't much efficacy to mask usage were censored. It wasn't until finally when people like the National, Journal, the National England Journal of Medicine pointed out that natural immunity does offer greater COVID protection than vaccines. And also, it wasn't until people like the Gold Standard Cochrane study pointed out that mask efficacy was non-existent that we finally had government coming around to executing some capacity for self-appraisal. But I think it would be foolhardy not to admit or not to acknowledge that people like Dr. Fauci drove the rationale of most of these local officials and to have him get to separate himself from those decisions would be tantamount to arguing a contrast where there really isn't much of a difference. Where am I mistaken? You're not mistaken. People did listen to Dr. Fauci the first time he said, you don't need masks. And then, 
<laughs> and then it turned out that he was telling a fib because he didn't want to run out of masks for all the government personnel. Um, and eventually, once they had, a, I guess they had enough, then they said, oh, everyone should wear masks. And then it was the on the airlines, you had to wear a mask. And everywhere else, and on public transportation, you had to wear masks. Um, but these edicts, the people responsible for them are your elected leaders. You voted for them. Sure, One but every another, time they, they were challenged, Florida, they always voted put for them there. If you voted for New York, they did, you voted for them there. If you voted for the president, you voted for it there. We it, I, do. Are these things mutually exclusive? Can't we hold these people locally as accountable as we want to hold the feds? Because the local people took their cues from the feds. I don't believe holding them both accountable are mutually exclusive. Just because you're correct in, in, in reminding us that our local officials were the ones who came up with the lockdown doesn't mean that they still weren't taking their cues from the feds who were defining people who had the temerity to disagree with them as being anti-science. What am I forgetting here? That the politicians are cowards. Oh, <laughs> and they were okay. and they were, were going to do whatever the media told them to at that moment. Um, that, 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 that there's a, there's a huge line of accountability there, but the the people that were hired um, by the you and I both know Robert Romano in our heart of hearts. By your elected that leaders, they're hired can by we not Congress, acknowledge? Hired can by we, your state legislature. Can we Those not acknowledge? Can we not acknowledge in our heart of hearts that but for Fauci's direction? There would have been no lockdowns, but for Fauci's direction, there would have been no insistence that natural immunity was weaker than vaccinated immunity, though we now know the opposite is true from people like the New England Journal of Medicine as well as John Hopkins University Hospital. Is it fair to say that but for people like Fauci, these very same local leaders who should be held accountable for their wrongful acts are people who would not have had anywhere near the justification to perform those normal, those uh, uh, wrongful acts. That's all I'm saying. I just don't believe these two things are mutually exclusive. Where am I mistaken, Robert Romano? Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. If it wasn't Fauci, it would have been some other head of the NIH that was going to do that. We don't know that unless we took Telepathy 101 at Clairvoyance University. I think it is possible and valid to say that Fauci made these mistakes on his own, and he strong-armed people into following his lead. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.